Uh, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Lightside F1 Podcast. I am Patrick, that's Claire, that's Jakob, and today we got something special planned for you guys. Uh, so, we've been thinking about uh, tracks that we want to go to next year's group, and we all came up with presentations uh, for what track we think we should go to next year. So, uh, ladies first. Claire's going to start us off. Alright, so, you know, the question, what 2024 F1 race should we go to? <laughs> Well, it's lights out and away we go. Let's find out. <laughs> All right, guys. You guys read this quote. Try to guess who said this. Someone said to me that you can have three wishes. My first would be to get into racing. My second would be in Formula to be in Formula One. And my third to drive for Ferrari. Any guesses? Who who said that? Uh well obviously oh. it has to be a Ferrari driver. Mm-hmm. Um Jakob has his hand hand raised. Go ahead, Jakob. Charles Leclerc. No. See, I was thinking that, but I was like, it can't be that obvious. I'm going to say Michael Schumacher. Nope. All right, who is it? Here we go. (laughs) So, yes, we should go to the the Canadian Grand Prix. All right. (laughs) Okay. Look at that beautiful track. Yeah, look at the beautiful track. Look at the gopher. I think it's a gopher. Anyway. The beaver. Canadian Grand Prix. It's a beaver? Yes, Canada's known for beavers. How dare you? Okay, well, yeah, anyway. It's the Rockies behind him. Okay, guys, so I think this would be a great Grand Prix to go to. First of all. It's not that expensive. It's pretty reasonable. $600 for a three-day grandstand ticket. Like, that, that was, like, the best grandstand you can get. Like, turn one for was only, days. like, $600 for three days. Yeah, so, and then you can see that, like, we could spend up to, like, you know, 6500 and get, like, paddock passes or something. Yes. But we don't But we don't have to. <laughs> but it's, like, not the most expensive for a paddock pass either. Yeah, that's kind of wild. Yeah. So... Also, there was a, uh, an increase in people going last year, so I don't know. I think it'd be like a lively one to go to and uh, now, just like super fun. Over the entire weekend or for one day? Over the entire weekend. Okay, okay. Oh, it literally says the weekend. See, it says, yep. That's wild. And it was the largest in, um, in history for, for Montreal race. Okay, so now I've got like, I think about like six different reasons why we should go. Oh, wow. One, you can see. That um, in uh, four of the last nine Grand Prix there, the pole position uh, was decided by less than a tenth of a second. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, when uh, Alonso and Max uh, were fighting, I think two years ago, it was pretty close. Yeah, look at look at how cute Alonso and Max are. Okay. Anyway, two. There's been some pretty cool things that have happened at Canadian Grand Prix over the years. Uh-huh. First one was Lewis Hamilton's first win in Canada. Look at him. Look how happy he was. Maybe we can see another first win next year. Jakob, how does that make first you feel? Since my goat. That's my, that's my goat. All right. Another reason. Um, you remember, like, Bud's unlikely victory yes. in the 2011? That was the longest race. So... Like not saying it's going to happen again. Not saying it's going to happen again. But it would be kind of cool if you got a lot of, like, time out of your, your race weekend, you know. Uh-huh. 
and seeing it, an unlikely on. victory would be awesome. Well, it's in June, so probably not. But it gets rained on so much. <laughs> well, it would be fun. All right. <laughs> uh, Ricardo, Danny Rick, he also won um, his first Grand Prix in Canada as well, well that's weird. in 2014. I, I was hungry that was his first one, but okay. Learn something every day. Look at it, look at it. And there's Sab oh. Um. Okay, and then also the drama, right? Uh, 2019 with uh, Seven Lewis. Oh, where he changed the um, I think. Yeah, I think uh, Seb got pole position. And uh, finally, you got like the Wall of Champions, right? So I think that would be really cool to see. Um, a lot of history with the track and all that. Um, yeah, you can read that if you want. The last Oh, I was going to read it out loud. Okay, go ahead. The last quarter at Circuit Gilles Villeneuve. Turn 13 is a tricky chicane which leads onto the start-finish straight. It has become known as the Wall of Champions due to a number the the number of F1 greats it has caught out over the years. This list of drivers to have accidents at turn 13 includes Michael Schumacher, Damon Hill, Jacques Villeneuve, Jensen Button, and Sebastian Vettel. Oh, you know something interesting? Hmm. Um, Jacques never won there. Never be as good as his dad, even though his dad never won a world championship. Hmm. Okay. Also, Montreal is awesome. It's not that far yeah. from us. But it's in a different country. Is it part of Quebec? They're delicious. Yes. Um, we get to uh, eat delicious food. They have a lot of great food options. Um, shop at awesome boutiques. Sightsee the French 17th century architecture. And we can even like walk around McGill uh, University. So what I think it would just be fun University? to hang out in Montreal. What? What is McGill University? It's a college in Montreal. Is it like a world-renowned one or like... Yeah, oh, okay. definitely. It's really pretty too. Um, okay, to to kind of wrap up, Montreal as a city is awesome. The Canadian Grand Prix quality and race will be exciting. It's close to home, but still outside the U.S. And tickets are affordable, so <laughs> I think we should go next year to the Canadian Grand Prix. Awesome. Let's go, man. <laughs> Alright, that's it. Okay. I'm going to go next. A place with a nice surface, people, and a few cars. Helping PowerPoint, created by Patrick Nelson, a, William, a victim of being a Williams fan. Okay. We're going to read you this. Raise your hand if you know what this is. I can't see if you have your hands raised. So just yes, yes. We, right, we, what we is both it? do. Yes. It's a street. It's a street. You got it right, it's a street. But this <laughs> okay. is like a street, but better quality. Does anybody know what it's called? Uh, a track? A track. And do okay. you know what we put on tracks? Trains. No. Cars? <laughs> cars. <laughs> but not just any cars. What type of car is this? Oh, good size. Good. It's a Mercedes. It's an F1 car. <laughs> okay. And these cars race in many countries. Indeed, indeed. But where am I picking? <laughs> no! 
Jesus Christ. Christ. <laughs> no. You picked Canada too? Yes. Oh, no. Canada's known for a ton of things. Poutine, which yes. I've never tried. Syrup. Ice hockey. Saying A after every sentence. And the Canadian Rockies. Also beavers. But we're Apparently. not here for those. Yes, we are. No. We're here for this. <laughs> we're here for Beautiful. a race. <laughs> so why the circuit shield of your nerve? Amazing top speeds. Obviously the wall of champions. Changeable weather that happens every other year with rain on either qualifying day or a race day. Williams does notoriously well there, although this is a picture of a Williams crashing. And it is a summer race, usually taking place in June. What else is there besides the race? What's in Montreal? You said 17th century, but there's also amazing 18th century. <laughs> Vaux Montreal houses. Shopping districts. World-class design and technology. La Grande Rue de Montreal, which is the largest Ferris wheel in all of Canada. Chocolate tours. <laughs> all of Canada. Yes. <laughs> the cost of tickets and apartment... Or, I, I meant to say hotels, but apartments as well is reasonable. It's a very safe place, <laughs> and it has some gorgeous scenery. Are we getting an apartment? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the history of the circuit is of your nerve. Of course, the Wall of Champions, which Claire mentioned. Jensen's uh, 2011 win in changing conditions with six pit stops and catching up to Sebastian Vettel's seemingly unbeatable Red Bull. Lewis running into the back of Kimi in 2008 in the pit lane. Nigel Mansell's car shutting down the last straight of the last lap of the race in 1991, Lando's right rear literally blowing up, his brake being on fire in the middle of the race, uh, the famous images of Yarno truly catching air in 1998, and Lewis and Seb almost coming together in 2019, and then Seb swapping the number two and number one signs after the race because he feels he got an unruly five-second time penalty costing him the win. Yep. That's all I have for you. I really just want to try authentic Canadian poutine. Okay. I think we might be going to Canada, guys. I think we might be going to Canada. Unless Jakob can convince us otherwise. I can definitely convince you otherwise. All right, let's All right can everybody see everything? Let me make sure I got this up. All right. I knew this was coming. <laughs> can everybody see it? Okay. Cool. Oh, that didn't work. Can you still see it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So Are you not going to read your title slide? Oh, yes. We're going to be talking to, about Silverstone. We're going to Silverstone next year. It is the greatest track on the calendar. It is this PowerPoint presentation has been made by Supreme Commander Jakob Philip of Team LH. All cool. hail Supreme Me. Okay. okay. <laughs> Origin. It is based in on the site of a Royal Air Force base. So that's very common knowledge to most F1 fans. Crofty brings it up. Yeah, well, too bad, so sad. <laughs> uh, it isn't, as much as I would like to think it's a nice track, it isn't perfect. It's pretty flat, not as nice as the European street circuits, especially Monaco and Azerbaijan, and pretty bumpy. Um, but it is a track that has delivered some great stuff. Jackie Stewart, we've seen Williams winning for Patrick. Uh, for Patrick's side of the audience. And uh, we've seen Hamilton obviously winning in 2008. Quite the dominant win, won by about a minute. Uh, and 
it was the start of his domination he at this track. everybody up to fifth place. Lapping five or six seconds exactly. faster than everybody. Exactly. It's it's fantastic. Perfect track. Lovely. Um, now this is the track layout. Perfection, as you can see. Stone Corner, <laughs> the most famous ones. Cops, Maggots, Beckett's, Woodcut, Chapel Curve, Hangar Straight. Obviously, well, the pit, international pit straight is now Hampton Straight because, you know, he is the GOAT. Um, yes, yes. Notable, some notable... Notable overtakes, uh, through goes Hamilton, uh, obviously, for those of you who have are oblivious. We have uh, Valtteri and Lewis in 2019 battling it out straight through cops. That was fun. Uh, and we have some other noticeable, oh, no, other noticeable, noted um, overtakes and incidents that, <laughs> notable incidents that we will talk about later. Stats, races held, 57 at Silverstone. Obviously, there have been other British Grand Prix. Um, but 57 have been held at, um, wow, this is spelling error, but it's okay. Um, anyways, first race was held at 1950 in Silverstone. The last race most recently was at 2023. British Grand Prix, most wins. Lewis Hamilton has eight because, of course, he owns the track. Not literally, but figuratively. And most, construct most wins by a constructor, Ferrari 18. Why should we go? It is the greatest track on the calendar. We will get to see Lewis Hamilton win there very soon. Always provides good racing, unlike other tracks. You know, we have boring ones like China and Canada can be sometimes boring, so I don't know why both of you did both on Canada, but like, okay. And uh, we, also can go to see, we can go to see cops where uh, Max Verstappen received the humbling of a lifetime. That was very entertaining for me. I enjoyed it quite a lot. Still lost that season. Max Verstappen, Max Verstappen fans can go suck it. Yeah, but like, let's not get into that. Okay. Questions or comments? As you can see, we have a meme. Any questions? Anyways, so at the end of the video, uh, if you stuck around to the end of those, uh, let us know which of those tracks you think we should go to. Um, I mean, I think the consensus around, uh, around three of us is that uh, Canada wins. <laughs> I should have put like Monaco or something, but I was just thinking like, practical like we should we could actually go to the montreal grand prix next year yes i was gonna put coda but i was like claire might put a u.s grand prix and it might be coda or miami but no i would never put miami okay um hold up i'll come back i'll come oh okay oh we lost kuba hello he's back um okay outside of that some f1 news to talk about real quick before we log out um so the FIA is planning on introducing um, weight limitations for either 2024 towards the middle half of the season or 2025 at the early part of the season because the cars are simply getting too heavy. So I'm kind of curious what your guys' thoughts are on that before I dive further into it. The cars are too heavy? Yeah. Yeah. The cars, for yeah. reference, the cars used to be 600 uh, kilograms. Mm, well, then they should times. keep them... And right now, lighter. Maybe that can like shake Red Bull a little bit. Or are they not that heavy? Uh, well, everybody's roughly the same weight. They're all at the very peak of the weight limit right now, except for Alpha all right. I'm, I'm fine with nine, them doing nine, that nine, because nine, maybe it'll mess Red Bull up. Jakob, question before I keep going: Can you hear my fan? No. Okay, cool. Because I'm sweating and I need it. I can tell. Um. 
You uh, anyways. Um, yeah, I think they need to get lighter. The whole purpose of getting rid of all, all that barge board nonsense was just trying to bring the weight down, and instead we've gotten heavier. Mm-hmm. So yeah, go lighter. That's that. That should be the way to go. Because then you you probably it probably incentivize more overtaking, and uh, you probably you at some point you'll be able to wean yourself off of DRS. So I definitely think you should go lighter. So let's go lighter. That's the other part of that, though. Um... F1 is, of course, the pinnacle of all racing and aerodynamic technology. Um, and with that comes the necessity of adding that technology, which can be extremely heavy. Um, the floor, specifically, is probably one of the heaviest components of the car. So do you guys think it's a problem of, you know, reducing the, or somehow shrinking the size of all the technology that goes into the cars? Hmm. That could be one way to do it. Um, you know, if you think about like, let's say like laptops or like computers or something like that, over the time, over time, they, they made it smaller and lighter. And, you know, I feel like that can be done with almost any technology over time. So maybe they just need like a couple more steps in the, in the evolution of all the different parts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as long as it doesn't affect the, you know, sound, you still want, like, the sound of the engine. You still want natural racing. You still want exciting racing. So I think as long as whatever approach they take doesn't affect that um, and still generates competitive racing in the long term, I'm, I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so also in 2026, uh, the engines, the MGU-H is being taken out. Um, which I don't know if you guys know what that does, but essentially it's one of the two components made to generate energy uh, for the ERS system. Uh, there's the MGUK, which stands for kinetic, and MGUH, which is the heat one, and the heat one's getting taken out. So it might introduce something which a lot of people knew about when KERS was a thing called uh, turbo lag. Um, anybody who has yeah. played F1 or watches F1 um, knows that drivers has have a certain amount of energy they're allowed to deploy per lap um and how much they can restore per lap and so these two things are what you use to restore energy and so i'm kind of curious what your thoughts are on you know the necessity of drs now that the potential amount of energy being uh, harvested per lap is probably going to be going down with the new engine regulations that is an interesting contradictory move on them. Why are they taking that out? Uh, it's an expensive piece of equipment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, um, yeah, I mean, you're making it sound like they'll rely more on DRS if they can't uh, charge their battery, but they already rely on DRS so much, so it's like, I don't know. Hard to say. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, listen. If it doesn't affect the racing, which I hope it doesn't, mm. I'm fine with it. It just like the FIA said, what twenty? These new regs were supposed to improve racing, and it did for like a bit. And now we just see that uh, little shit drive off into the distance, and the rest of them race for themselves. So. Um, the whole point, yeah. the whole point, whether you dis- whether you agree with me or not, 
the whole point of introducing new regulations was to stop Mercedes from dominating, was to close the grid up, was to make it more competitive. Uh-huh. But and, that already happened in 2021 before the, the reg change, right? Yeah, but, but yes, but also so, in 2021, you had, no, no, you had regulations that were directed at lower rate cars, such as the Mercedes and the Aston Martin. So Patrick can't disagree with that. So um, the whole point of changing up the regulations was to pr- try and stop the dominance. And yes, they succeeded in stopping Mercedes dominance, although they just created a new new dominant team, which is fair. You can't fault Red Bull for getting the regs right and do- dominating in the way that they have. Um, F1 is a meritocracy. Other teams have to get better, but they just have to be careful with whatever regulations they intend to do for 2026 and <clears throat> carry out. They need to be careful that it isn't creating another dominance of effect because slowly they'll start losing audience members again because they lost audience members before Drive to Survive. Drive to Survive spiked up that audience. Mm-hmm. And slowly, if I read correctly, they are losing audience members again because of the dominance that Mac Verstappen is showing. Yep. So I think whatever they do, just you know, make sure that you... I mean, one team is always going to get it really, really right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but as long as you make it fairly competitive and sort of manipulate use the rules to, to the effect that there isn't that one dominant team you should be good to go yeah so before i jump into what exactly the 2026 regulations are i kind of am curious based on last year and this year it looks like red bull is by and far the most dominant which is similar to what we saw from mercedes back in 2014 2015 2016 and arguably 2017 um so I'm kind of curious, do you guys think that next year, or maybe in 2025, we'll see a team actually catch up <laughs> to Red Bull? Because this is a vastly shorter regulation period compared to the Turbo Hybrid year, which lasted eight years. So, I mean, possibly. I don't know if it's just like Red Bull kind of talking, but, you know, with McLaren, they think McLaren has a shot. I have no idea. Anyone really does have have a shot, but like re- realistically, I I don't think anyone's catching up to Red Bull. Mm. Oh, something funny that happened! I saw that Adrian Newey was hanging out with Zach Brown, and they switched hats. Mm. <laughs> Af- I can't believe they were sitting down McLaren after fans. Zach Brown said that thing about Checo. McLaren fans wish that Adrian Newey would come back to them. Adrian <laughs> Newey well, screwed up. Zach over Brown was wearing so a Red bad. Bull cap and uh adrian knew he was wearing a mclaren cap it was kind yeah. of funny adrian knew single-handedly pro- stopped kimmy reikonen from having more titles than he did <laughs> that dude was hell-bent to put that car on the 2005 grid and nothing was stopping him fun oh yeah you were saying dude what was i saying all right good talk um so for the 20 no, 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 no. what was i saying don't know. Oh so, yeah, know. Adrian, you and Zach Brown probably agreed on on the fact that on the Checo Perez comment. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so what the twenty twenty six regulations are is a continuation. First off, the easiest one: a continuation of the decreasing temperature of the tire blankets. Um, I think in 2026, the tire blankets will no longer be a thing. They use too much electrical energy, and because of it, um, they're thinking about cutting them out entirely. So. Uh, tire temps are, it's going to be a long it, uh, you might see people doing two maybe even three laps to warm up the tires 
again, all speculation because we're not sure what the engine will look like. That's the second part for the engines. The MGH is getting taken out, so we might see a lower overall power from the engines, which would suck. But they also still have three more years to work on making the engine stronger. Plus, we also have a new engine producer in Audi, so hopefully we get uh, a competitive engine out of them. Um, and Red Bull, of course, is creating their own engines, which is really just an extension of Honda power. Um, outside of that, the weight limit is being reduced by 100 to 150 kilograms, we're not sure. So the cars are going to be a maximum of 700 or 650 kilograms, which means the cars will be significantly lighter. About 25 of that will already be taken with the MGU-H for the engine. Um, yeah, so those are the major regulation changes, so I'm kind of curious like, what you guys think about those. Um, and do you think it's too early to start speculating on it? Probably too early to start speculating on it. Um, we're still, like, many of the teams are still kind of grasping with these regulations and trying to get the most out of their car. So it's hard to say. Definitely the teams, like, that are ahead now are going to be ahead, most likely in the new regulations, like, because Red, Red Bull doesn't have to do that much uh, more, uh, you know, research and R&D and all that because for this for this set of regulations because they already have it pretty down down pat you know and they're just making minor tweaks and stuff to to keep up um, with any of the other teams catching them but uh, yeah they probably can focus a lot a lot more on the new regulations and get that right as well um, but you never know because that that didn't happen with Mercedes so yeah um. I heard that Red Bull have been lo lobbying for different some changes in the engine regs for 26 because they're a little bit down on power compared to Mercedes, Audi, and Ferrari. So they already know from for for that. Apparently, that's that's what everyone's saying that they're that's what that, that's why they're they're trying to get some of the engine rules changed for 26 because they think they're down on power compared to. Um, Mercedes, Ferrari, and Audi, and apparently, I mean, Toto said something about the about Christian lobbying for changes because um, the Red Bull powertrain project isn't going as well as they thought it would. Interesting. But things we love to hear, of course. Yeah. As, uh, all non Red Bull fans, things we love to hear. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm fine. I'm all with it. I'm all for it. Just. Um, I think lighter cars will do them a lot of good. I think um, it'll help with overtaking, help with um, more natural racing. So I'm fine with it. Um, the one thing I would dis the one thing that I would probably be careful about is the tire blanket rule that they're trying to introduce either next year or the year after. I think they need to be because from what all the drivers have said, they all said they hated it. So well, yeah, because this year um, we're stuck at seventy. Uh degrees celsius for the tire blankets and next year it's gonna be 50 <laughs> so yeah imagine, imagine ferrari with their tire warm-up issues next year at 50 that's gonna be tough Dude, for them. imagine red bull with their tire warm-up issues <laughs> yeah like i mean they'll be okay i think red bull will be fine max but, already does um, two outlaps in order to warm up his tires for qualifying yeah i do have a question um though for uh 2026 three three parts actually so first off honda still hasn't found an official team wait no they are they're part of aston martin i am curious to know which of honda to aston martin ford working on red bull's um, electrical energy and audi 
as a brand new uh, engine manufacturer, which one of them are you most excited for? Most excited for? Yes. Audi. For sure, Audi. Yeah, probably Audi, just new to the sport right now. Yeah. I mean, Ford, what are you really going to notice about Ford being there doing that? I don't know. Well, so with the new regulations taking out the MPUH, Ford will be working entirely on the energy supply in in an MGUK for Red Bull's um, power supply or uh, power unit. Okay. So so Red Bull powertrains only has to work on their ICE, their um, turbocharger, and then one other part. So um, I, I'm just still yeah I think I'd still say Audi though makes sense just because they're new to the sport another German manufacturer yep 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 um okay <laughs> right. um, um do you guys have I heard a rumor that that Ford I heard a rumor that Ford isn't actually um doing a lot for Red Bull I think it's it might just be like they're sending people over, but it primarily is just like a title sponsorship deal. It's like more of a money thing than it is an actual partnership. It's mm-hmm. very like, the, I think the technical side of it is a very limited partnership compared to their sponsorship deal, like, compared to the commercial side of things. I think it's going to be hard. Probably to trying to sell electric trucks, right? Well, just electric, electrical vehicles in general. The Endeavor was taken up by Ford for the sole purpose of creating more sustainable electric cars like road cars but also right now you're not going to hear much along the uh, lines of like ford actually helping red bull because they're working on two very very separate parts of the engine right now um and so ford can't do anything quite frankly you can't make an ers without uh knowing what the ICE and what the turbocharger is going to look like for um 2026 regulations so that's why red bull is doing most of the work right now and then once you know what your turbocharger looks like for 2026, then you can start working on what the energy supply for that system is going to look like. We're going to Canada. <laughs> if you stay to the end again, let us know which of the two tracks we went over out of the three of us uh, you think we should go to. Or if you have any other opinions on other tracks we should potentially go to. Um, I thought of also putting Brazil as one, but I didn't know what other people were doing. We tried to keep it secret up until the episode. Um, but until t- next time, uh, Claire... It's lights out, and away we go.